Section forty four of Guy Mannering. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Guy Mannering, or the Astrologer, by Sir Walter Scott. Volume two, chapter twelve. Yes, ye moss green walls ye towers defenceless i revisit ye shame-stricken where are all your trophies now your thronged courts the revelry the tumult that spoke the grandeur of my house the homage of neighbouring barons mysterious mother entering the castle of ellangowan by a postern doorway which showed symptoms of having been once secured with the most jealous care brown whom since he has set foot upon the property of his fathers we shall hereafter call by his father's name of bertram wandered from one ruined apartment to another surprised at the massive strength of some parts of the building the rude and impressive magnificence of others and the great extent of the whole in two of these rooms close beside each other he saw signs of recent habitation in one small apartment were empty bottles half-gnawed bones and dried fragments of bread in the vault which adjoined and which was defended by a strong door then left open he observed a considerable quantity of straw and in both were the relics of recent fires how little was it possible for bertram to conceive that such trivial circumstances were closely connected with incidents affecting his prosperity his honour perhaps his life after satisfying his curiosity by a hasty glance through the interior of the castle bertram now advanced through the great gateway which opened to the land and paused to look upon the noble landscape which it commanded having in vain endeavoured to guess the position of woodbourne and having nearly ascertained that of kippletringen he turned to take a parting look at the stately ruins which he had just traversed he admired the massive and picturesque effect of the huge round towers which flanking the gateway gave a double portion of depth and majesty to the high yet gloomy arch under which it opened the carved stone escutcheon of the ancient family bearing for their arms three wolves heads was hung diagonally beneath the helmet and crest the latter being a wolf couchant pierced with an arrow on either side stood as supporters in full human size or larger a salvage man proper to use the language of heraldry wreathed and cinctured and holding in his hand an oak tree eradicated that is torn up by the roots and the powerful barons who owned this blazonry thought bertram pursuing the usual train of ideas which flows upon the mind at such scenes do their posterity continue to possess the lands which they had laboured to fortify so strongly or are they wanderers ignorant perhaps even of the fame or power of their forefathers while their hereditary possessions 
are held by a race of strangers why is it he thought continuing to follow out the succession of ideas which the scene prompted why is it that some scenes awaken thoughts which belong as it were to dreams of early and shadowy recollection such as my old brahmin munshi would have ascribed to a state of previous existence is it the visions of our sleep that float confusedly in our memory and are recalled by the appearance of such real objects as in any respect correspond to the phantoms they presented to our imagination how often do we find ourselves in society which we have never before met and yet feel impressed with a mysterious and ill-defined consciousness that neither the scene the speakers nor the subject are entirely new nay feel as if we could anticipate that part of the conversation which has not yet taken place it is even so with me while i gaze upon that ruin nor can i divest myself of the idea that these massive towers and that dark gateway retiring through its deep vaulted and ribbed arches and dimly lighted by the courtyard beyond are not entirely strange to me can it be that they have been familiar to me in infancy and that i am to seek in their vicinity those friends of whom my childhood has still a tender though faint remembrance and whom i early exchanged for such severe taskmasters yet brown who i think would not have deceived me always told me i was brought off from the eastern coast after a skirmish in which my father was killed and i do remember enough of a horrid scene of violence to strengthen his account it happened that the spot upon which young bertram chanced to station himself for the better viewing the castle was nearly the same on which his father had died it was marked by a large old oak tree the only one on the esplanade and which having been used for executions by the barons of ellangowan was called the justice tree it chanced and the coincidence was remarkable that glosson was this morning engaged with a person whom he was in the habit of consulting in such matters concerning some projected repairs and a large addition to the house of ellangowan and that having no great pleasure in remains so intimately connected with the grandeur of the former inhabitants he had resolved to use the stones of the ruinous castle in his new edifice accordingly he came up the bank followed by the land surveyor mentioned on a former occasion who was also in the habit of acting as a sort of architect in case of necessity in drawing the plans etc glosson was in the custom of relying upon his own skill bertram's back was towards them as they came up the ascent and he was quite shrouded by the branches of the large tree so that glosson was not aware of the presence of the stranger till he was close upon him yes sir as i have often said before to you the old place is a perfect quarry of hewn stone 
and it would be better for the estate if it were all down since it is only a den for smugglers at this instant bertram turned short round upon glossin at the distance of two yards only and said would you destroy this fine old castle sir his face person and voice were so exactly like those of his father in his best days that glossin hearing his exclamation and seeing such a sudden apparition in the shape of his patron and on nearly the very spot where he had expired almost thought the grave had given up its dead he staggered back two or three paces as if he had received a sudden and deadly wound he instantly recovered however his presence of mind stimulated by the thrilling reflection that it was no inhabitant of the other world which stood before him but an injured man whom the slightest want of dexterity on his part might lead to acquaintance with his rights and the means of asserting them to his utter destruction yet his ideas were so much confused by the shock he had received that his first question partook of the alarm in the name of god how came you here said glossin how came i here repeated bertram surprised at the solemnity of the address i landed a quarter of an hour since in the little harbour beneath the castle and was employing a moment's leisure in viewing these fine ruins i trust there is no intrusion intrusion sir no sir said glossin in some degree recovering his breath and then whispered a few words into his companion's ear who immediately left him and descended towards the house intrusion sir no sir you or any gentleman are welcome to satisfy your curiosity i thank you sir said bertram they call this the old place i am informed yes sir in distinction to the new place my house there below glossin it must be remarked was during the following dialogue on the one hand eager to learn what local recollections young bertram had retained of the scenes of his infancy and on the other compelled to be extremely cautious in his replies lest he should awaken or assist by some name phrase or anecdote the slumbering train of association he suffered indeed during the whole scene the agonies which he so richly deserved yet his pride and interest like the fortitude of a north american indian manned him to sustain the tortures inflicted at once by the contending stings of a guilty conscience of hatred of fear and of suspicion i wish to ask the name sir said bertram of the family to whom this stately ruin belongs it is my property sir my name is glossin 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 repeated bertram as if the name were somewhat different from what he expected i beg your pardon mr glossin i am apt to be very absent may i ask if the castle has been long in your family it was built i believe long ago by a family called macdingaway answered glossin suppressing for obvious reasons the more familiar sound of bertram which might have awakened the recollections which he was anxious to lull to rest and slurring with an evasive answer the question concerning the endurance of his own possession 
and how do you read the half-defaced motto sir said bertram which is upon that scroll above the entablature with the arms i i i really do not exactly know replied glossin i should be apt to make it out our right makes our might i believe it is something of that kind said glossin may i ask sir said the stranger if it is your family motto N no not ours that is i believe the motto of the former people mine is mine is in fact i have had some correspondence with mr cumming of the lion office in edinburgh about mine he writes to me the glossons anciently bore for a motto he who takes it makes it if there be any uncertainty sir and the case were mine said bertram i would assume the old motto which seems to me the better of the two glossin whose tongue by this time clove to the roof of his mouth only answered by a nod it is odd enough said bertram fixing his eye upon the arms and gateway and partly addressing glossin partly as it were thinking aloud it is odd the tricks which our memory plays us the remnants of an old prophecy or song or rhyme of some kind or other return to my recollection on hearing that motto stay it is a strange jingle of sounds the dark shall be light and the wrong made right when bertram's right and bertram's might shall meet on i cannot remember the last line on some particular height height is the rhyme i am sure but i cannot hit upon the preceding word confound your memory muttered glossin you remember by far too much of it there are other rhymes connected with these early recollections continued the young man pray sir is there any song current in this part of the world respecting a daughter of the king of the isle of man eloping with a scottish knight i am the worst person in the world to consult upon legendary antiquities answered glossin i could sing such a ballad said bertram from one end to another when i was a boy you must know i left scotland which is my native country very young and those who brought me up discouraged all my attempts to preserve recollection of my native land on account i believe of a boyish wish which i had to escape from their charge very natural said glossin but speaking as if his utmost efforts were unable to unseal his lips beyond the width of a quarter of an inch so that his whole utterance was a kind of compressed muttering very different from the round bold bullying voice with which he usually spoke indeed his appearance and demeanour during all this conversation seemed to diminish even his strength and stature so that he appeared to wither into the shadow of himself now advancing one foot now the other now stooping and wriggling his shoulders now fumbling with the buttons of his waistcoat now clasping his hands together in short he was the picture of a mean-spirited shuffling rascal in the very agonies of detection to these appearances bertram was totally inattentive being dragged on as it were by the current of his own associations indeed although he addressed glossin 
he was not so much thinking of him as arguing upon the embarrassing state of his own feelings and recollection yes he said i preserved my language among the sailors most of whom spoke english and when i could get into a corner by myself i used to sing all that song over from beginning to end i have forgot it all now but i remember the tune well though i cannot guess what should at present so strongly recall it to my memory he took his flageolet from his pocket and played a simple melody apparently the tune awoke the corresponding associations of a damsel who close beside a fine spring about halfway down the descent and which had once supplied the castle with water was engaged in bleaching linen she immediately took up the song are these the links of forth she said or are they the crooks of dee or the bonny woods of warwick head that i so fain would see by heaven said bertram it is the very ballad i must learn those words from the girl confusion thought glosson if i cannot put a stop to this all will be out oh the devil take all ballads and ballad-makers and ballad-singers and the damned jade too to set up her pipe you will have time enough for this on some other occasion he said aloud at present for now he saw his emissary with two or three men coming up the bank at present we must have some more serious conversation together how do you mean sir said bertram turning short upon him and not liking the tone which he made use of why sir as to that i believe your name is brown said glosson and what of that sir glosson looked over his shoulder to see how near his party had approached they were coming fast on van beast brown if i mistake not and what of that sir said bertram with increasing astonishment and displeasure why in that case said glosson observing his friends had now got upon the level space close beside them in that case you are my prisoner in the king's name at the same time he stretched his hand towards bertram's collar while two of the men who had come up seized upon his arms he shook himself however free of their grasp by a violent effort in which he pitched the most pertinacious down the bank and drawing his cutlass stood on the defensive while those who had felt his strength recoiled from his presence and gazed at a safe distance observe he called out at the same time that i have no purpose to resist legal authority satisfy me that you have a magistrate's warrant and are authorized to make this arrest and i will obey it quietly but let no man who loves his life venture to approach me till i am satisfied for what crime and by whose authority i am apprehended glosson then caused one of the officers show a warrant for the apprehension of van beast brown accused for the crime of wilfully and maliciously shooting at charles hazelwood younger of hazelwood with an intent to kill and also of other crimes and misdemeanors and which appointed him having been so apprehended to be brought before the next magistrate for examination 
the warrant being formal and the fact such as he could not deny bertram threw down his weapon and submitted himself to the officers who flying on him with eagerness corresponding to their former pusillanimity were about to load him with irons alleging the strength and activity which he had displayed as a justification of this severity but glosson was ashamed or afraid to permit this unnecessary insult and directed the prisoner to be treated with all the decency and even respect that was consistent with safety afraid however to introduce him into his own house where still further subjects of recollection might have been suggested and anxious at the same time to cover his own proceedings by the sanction of another's authority he ordered his carriage for he had lately set up a carriage to be got ready and in the meantime directed refreshments to be given to the prisoner and the officers who were consigned to one of the rooms in the old castle until the means of conveyance for examination before a magistrate should be provided End of volume two chapter twelve